Yeah. And so it's, I mean, really like postpartum is forever. So if you are experiencing any kind of like pelvic floor dysfunction, which means... Incontinence. Yeah, stress-induced incontinence. So like peeing when you sneeze or jump or run, any of that. I mean, it happens, right? But it doesn't have to be the norm for you. Right. Everybody thinks that's the norm, though. Yeah, and it's not. It's not. It's totally not. It's a sign of dysfunction. You're listening to Rebel Heart Radio, hosted by nutritional therapist Cassie Knavel and professional esthetician and makeup artist Genevieve Blair. A lifestyle podcast about clean living, making money, and badass people that inspire us endlessly. We created this podcast to walk through the tough moments of life with you, inspire you to live more intentionally, and frankly, because we like to talk. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure to catch our weekly episode and subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you have iTunes, we would be forever grateful for your review on our podcast. Let's get to our latest episode. The materials and content within this podcast are for general information and educational purposes only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. I'm so excited. Um, in the flesh. In the flesh. So we are here with Liz Winters today. <laughs> so excited. Um, Liz is a nutritional therapy practitioner, certified CrossFit level one coach, regional director for BirthFit, which I can't wait to talk about that, and um, owner of Sprout Wellness, where she mainly supports um, women who are in their prenatal and postnatal stages and pretty much everywhere in between. You like the ladies. You like to help them. I like the ladies. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Anyways, um, <laughs> she is married to a man. Um, not that it matters. Um, so today, what I really want to focus on, I'm so excited to focus on with Liz, is kind of that prenatal and postpartum journey of yours. Yeah. And I think that it's a message that so many people can relate to. Um, and then we're definitely going to talk about business some entrepreneur life slash mommyhood stuff. Um, but uh, Liz, we're going to start today. What supplement we're into right now? Because we usually do like a what's up segment, but we want to mix it up this week. So Liz, we're going to start with you. Ooh, I love that. Liz is pregnant right now, just so you guys know. So her supplement choice may be directly related. I uh, Yeah, I mean, it can be, but I think anyone can benefit it's from it. It's good for everybody. It's good, it's good for everybody. Whether you like it or not. It's true. No, this is a great way if you don't like it this is the best way to do it. i know <laughs> so, so excited to know what it is i am <laughs> tell me um so i am really into the grass-fed organ complex from paleo valley mm. which i was like what yep yes it's very good so that's a combo of heart liver kidney and well the current one is brain um and i think they're taking the brain out but it's just for sourcing issues. That's according to a podcast I listened to from the Paleo Valley people. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, so it's really awesome because especially during pregnancy, all that all that organ meat is really helpful. But you can't always stomach it. Or you're cooking for a family and they don't really want to eat it. So we sneak it in other ways. Yeah. My yeah. favorite way to get liver in is the autoimmune paleo recipe for um, liver pate. Ooh, the yeah. lamb liver mm -hmm. that they make at Culture Caveman. Mm -hmm. If you're in the Portland area, eat your pate at Culture Caveman. It's so, so good. good. <laughs> so, so good. But um, there's no way I would have eaten that during pregnancy, like and at any stage. Oh, really? So, no, there's I'm no way. all about the pate right now. <laughs> I am proud of you. I could not do it. Texture? And I, huh? Texture? Oh, no, no, no. Taste for taste? sure. And I actually, I like the taste of it, but mm -hmm. like, man, I mean, everything, everything it's, changes. It's earthy. It's earthy. <laughs> That's a <laughs> earthy is generous when we're talking about liver. So I, mean. I actually I'm a big fan of liver support through mm. organ tissue, and obviously multi organ tissue is the happy place. Just like multi vitamin, we need we need things as cofactors to make our <laughs> make our lives happy. So, anyways, um, I love that because I would have so many nutrition clients who were like, "You want me to eat what?" Right, and I would be like, "Oh, here's the supplement." <laughs> Push the easy button, please. Right. Sometimes it's just easier to take it in the capsule form. 
do you have to take a lot of it or is it this is me and my ignorant like non-NTP <laughs> lifestyle but tell me more about how you take it um so the serving is four capsules oh, a day so you end up I think it equates to about two ounces of liver oh that's pretty oh, good oh, well over the course of a week Oh, okay. So, no, that's but pretty still, good. that's if you're somebody who doesn't like the taste of liver or is not getting it at all. Which is, let's face it, pretty much everybody. Right. So this is just a really <laughs> Except easy Except for way. NTPs who actually know. <laughs> anyway. Well, and even then, we still struggle with it. Yeah. Like, to, t- to tell you that we don't is a oh. fat, flat out lie. I eat liver every day. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure you do. Mm-hmm. But I mean, honestly, it's hard to find unless you're looking for it. Yeah. Oh, totally. So I think that's part of the problem is is there just needs to be more of it in this world. My dad loves liver. I grew up him cooking liver when my mom would go out of town. (laughs) He's like, mom's out of town. I'm cooking liver. Yeah, we had actually a discussion about how healthy liver was, and he felt very empowered to continue eating his favorite food. I was like, all right, Jim, you got this. Oh, my God. That's his favorite food. He loves cooked liver. I don't know if it's favorite. Actually, to be fair, it's liver and macaroni and cheese. I mean, like like macaroni and cheese with liver. Yes. Wait, like in it or next to it? Is this like a playoff, like the hot dog and macaroni and cheese thing? Yeah. Like he likes it. I know. Like, I don't know. I think he, my mom's just like, she can't smell it. She can't. She's just like, if I'm out of town, go for it. So I don't know. Like, I don't mind the taste of it, but I've just never eaten it with the macaroni and cheese because I was just like, that's a bit much. Anyway. So to be fair, he balances it out real nicely. Perfect. Okay, so Jen, tell us what your favorite supplement is right now. Okay, so mine's rather basic because for the most part, I'm still learning how to like supplement my life correctly. This is why I'm so glad I have good friends in my life. Uh, But collagen peptides. Honestly, I've been doing that every day, I think since November. I mean, I travel with it because I notice a difference in how my joints feel, how my hair feels. uh, And I have found a nice combination that I think tastes good to me. So it's been a lot of um, Ticino. Like I do a lot of because I don't drink coffee. So it's been a I just needed it to be tasty for me. (laughs) But I love that I can travel with it easily. I love that I can find it more easily now than I think we've had in the past. So uh, if I start to run out and Cassie's not coming to my house anytime and brings me these collagen peptides, (laughs) I can find it. So I think that's part of the problem is, is as I'm learning these things, I'm like some of this is actually kind of hard to find the thing like the good quality. And things so collagen peptides has definitely been um i think it's also been good for my gut like cassie was telling me to switch that out for some other things and i think it's made a big difference in how my gut responds to like stress and anyway so collagen peptides vital proteins it's good stuff get it people (laughs) um my favorite supplement right now is it's like there's so many things i want to tie up right now um maca Maca is my jam right now. And I like it because I don't have to take it like a supplement and I can put it in things and it tastes real yummy. Uh, but I noticed a really big difference in like my stress response when I started adding maca and not just maca in general, but at the right time of day and gelatinized maca and not raw. So gelatinized maca is, it just goes through like a heating and cooling process. It's a little bit more processed, but it's to the point where you can actually digest it better, which means it's more useful for your body. So I've been jamming out on that. See, I did not know that. I didn't know there was a difference. Gelatinized? Gelatinized. Oh, that's so cool. Okay. So now it makes me want to try matcha even more. Maca. Maca. How do you spell it? M-A-C-A. And then what, what's the raw form? Is it a root? Yeah, it's root. So, and then you, how do you gelatinize it? <laughs> you don't. They do it <laughs> Well, for how you. did they do it? <laughs> it's like a heating and cooling process. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah, it's process. They cook it, essentially. What do you put it in? Uh, I put mine in like a smoothie, like oh, a green okay. smoothie, which is totally my jam lately, which is super weird. I'm not really a smoothie person usually, but I become one. Is the zucchini helping? Yes! <laughs> okay, so I posted on my Instagram <laughs> stories recently that I had too much zucchini Mm. and I was like, tell me what to do with it. And Lucia of essential omnivore, we will link her um, handle in the show notes said to freeze it for smoothies. And I've done that before. I put zucchini in smoothies before, but um, not frozen ever. So I froze it. I chopped it all up. I put it in a stasher bag, threw it in the freezer. And now I just put like, like a cup or so in my smoothies that I probably wouldn't normally put anything else in other than like maybe some spinach 
And it is the creamiest, most delicious smoothie ever because it doesn't add any vegetable taste. But it like, so you can throw it in like something that has chocolate in it or what? It's fine. That's awesome. It's so good. But yeah, I would say that texture is probably really The texture really is nice. so good. <laughs> I died over it. So anyways, that's kind of, yeah. You know me. Jennifer, Jen knows me. She's like, okay, tell us about your zucchini. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's get into the meat of our episode and hear about Liz and her story. So Liz, tell us more about yourself yeah, and your background and all that good stuff. All that good stuff. Um, so I'm a Northwest girl through and through, and I grew up in this cute little town called Puyallup, Washington. What? Uh, what? If you can spell Puyallup, you get bonus points. P-U-Y-A-L-L-U-P. Oh my gosh, you're so Boom. Good. Boom. Been there before, by the way. Oh, there you go. Yeah, oh, cheater. Yeah. I so. see signs for it, too, when I'm driving. <laughs> yeah. It's very fancy. Yeah, if you're going to Tacoma or Seattle, you will see signs for Puyallup. Yes. And I feel like one of the first things I have to do when I meet people is teach them how to say it, because they're like, Polly, Wally, they like add all of these letters to it. They, yeah, they have no idea. No. Liz is giving Jen the stink eye right now. Oh, I know goodness. it has the word y'all in it, but that isn't a part of it. Uh, well, I'm sure everyone's like... Yeah, it's it's cute. It's cute. Say it for us one more time. Pew, Al, up. Like, pew, the thing you said in at church. Al, the guy down the street. Up, the direction. She's said this many pew times Al before. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Okay, anyways. Um, yeah, and then I moved to Portland and have been calling that home for the last 12 or 13 years, and it's been awesome. I love I love Portland. It's my... It's my city. It's my people. It truly is. Mm-hmm. Like you know, you just like settle into a place, and you're like, oh, this is where this is where I'm supposed to be. God, okay. I was in the wrong place my whole wow. life before this. Who knew? Oh my goodness. Um, and I have this really sweet two year old daughter. Well, most of the time she's sweet. Less sweet this morning because she got up at three thirty. Rude. Ooh. But it's fine. We love her. Do you ever just want to look at your toddler and be like, you're rude? Yeah. Stop it. Sometimes I just go to my room to be <laughs> I'm putting myself on a timeout, Edith. I'll be back. It's like, I love you. Mom needs a little break. Play with the dogs. Gertie, you're in charge. <laughs> Gertie is the dog. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love it. She is adorable. She's real fun. You guys need to watch Liz's Instagram stories because it is all things excellent nutrition, fitness advice, all of these lovely things. And then also what we all really want is Edith. It's the Edith show. What are you to do today? Okay. It's been really fun to watch Edith grow up. Mm-hmm. And like we don't see each other very much at all. Annual pumpkin carving party. Right. Is our, is our thing. You need to come to that. I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. I was like, can I come? <laughs> really, honestly, this is just the point in life where I've just always really wanted to be part of something that I get invited to exclusively on an annual basis. <laughs> just makes me feel special. Totally. She invited me. Oh, my God. Um, anyways, it's been really fun to watch her grow up kind of in conjun- conjunction with my little guy. Yeah. Because they're very close in age. Mm-hmm. And it's just... It's nice to see other mamas kind of going through a similar similar journey and having right. that. I think it's one of the reasons why I choose to be a little bit more forthcoming on social media about my son than I thought I would. Then, like, I thought I was going to just keep him off of social media completely. Yeah, And totally. it's a place where you can relate. And I always always feel that in your stories. You're very, yeah. you're very real. Well, I feel like this is like the, these are the people I'm working with. And so being like, here is what is happening with my child, with my daily struggles or wins or whatever that is. Yeah. And just, I don't know. I like, People talk about Instagram being such like a curation of life. And I really try and keep mine to be like pretty honest. Like here's what is actually happening. Yeah. I think, I think stories kind of allows us to yeah. keep our feed looking pretty. You can still be real and have mm-hmm. it look nice. Oh, totally. Right. But also just being messy in our stories is so easy. Yeah. And it's a good place to kind of strike some balance there, I think. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So how did you get into nutritional therapy? Like, Oh man. Um, so I started studying nutritional therapy in 2014. Um, I actually studied business in undergrad, so I didn't, I've always had an interest in food and an interest in like health and nutrition, but I didn't really think I would ever go this route. Um, but I grew up, um, 
I guess there are a couple, like a couple things, like big landmark things in my life that kind of happened that kind of steered me that direction. And um, one of them, when I was really young, my dad had a heart attack and I was home for it and I remember it. How old were you? I want to say I was like four. Wow. And so he was like a relatively young guy. Now, now that I think about this, like he was probably, I think his early to mid forties and now like my husband is in his early forties. And so I'm like, this is crazy to me. Um, so yeah, I remember being home for that. And I think that kind of, um, it's just one of those events that kind of sticks with you in a way that you don't really understand until you're much, much older. Right. <clears throat> so that was one big thing. And then there's just kind of this vibe in my family where we're always kind of searching for the right answer to whatever health issue is plaguing the family at one point or another. And we're very, very private. So I think probably the fact that I talk about this in a public stance is... Makes your family uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I would assume to a certain extent. So I try sure. and keep like very personal anecdotes out of that. But, oh, of course. Right. Um, but then I struggled with childhood obesity growing up. I mean, mm. I was a big kid um, and kind of started playing that comparison game really early on, like looking at my sisters, looking at my mom, looking at, you know, cousins and why I looked one way. And, you know, they looked another or something in between. Um, and so I've just always been kind of searching for that kind of, okay, what what's the answer here? Um, and then, so like that led to a lot of <clears throat> kind of up and down disordered eating through high school and college. Um, again, try, I think at first trying to find like that, that ideal image or whatever, whatever healthy was supposed to look like. Um, especially like I grew up doing a lot of performing arts and so your body is, is part of you. It's, it's your art, right? Like, that's yeah. what, so it becomes really hard when like you're getting cast based on what you look like, things like that. Um, anyway, long story short, I, I tried on a lot of different, um, hats going into it. And then I was like, you know, what? I think I just need to kind of settle and I want to study this for me. And I also just want to have the tools that I can use to help my family and help whatever family I build someday mm-hmm. and whatever that could look like really just get some more answers. Um, so I made a really big life transition and then kind of stumbled upon actually met Cassie. So fun. So fun. We actually, so we used to go to the same CrossFit gym mm-hmm. in Portland and I had moved from, you know, from one area of the Portland area to that specific little neighborhood. And Liz was just there and we had a partner wad one day yeah. and we met before that, but then we like did a partner wad that involves like quite a bit of running and we were running together. So we like chatted the whole time and she was like, Oh, so you're an NTP. What does that mean? What's happening here? Like, and it just kind of started from there right. and instantaneously I was like, you need to do this. Like yeah. you need to be an NTP. Like, and I was fresh out of school. I think mm-hmm. at that point you were um, going to your bend finals. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like something, something at that point. And I was yep. like, what is this program? What is the deal? What is this? Is this actually the holy grail of holistic nutrition <laughs> education? Like It's something like that. I mean, honestly, I don't like props to the NT, NTA. Like there's not really any other program out there where you can do nine months of education and have that level of depth and hands-on ability to work with clients or online or in person, whatever right. it ends up being. Um, but it really is just such a good jumping off point, like oh, learning totally. all that foundational health information and how to talk to people about it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been, you know, obviously life-changing for me. And I, you know, I kind of went into nutritional therapy as a response to family illness as well. Right. So that totally, totally resonates. And it's one of those things that just, just sticks with you. And again, just like you said, like you don't know how, what kind of effect it's going to have on you until you know. Right. And then you're like, oh something good came from this yeah and I, I mean I loved that program because I was still it offered some flexibility right like I was working full-time yep me really too full-time and I was like but I still like I want to I want to go back to school like I'm very education driven I really like to learn things and so being able to do that program while also working full-time and also working on my master's I was thinking about that I realized I was doing a lot I know of- you were nuts yeah. But you're always kind of nuts. I am always kind of nuts. Did anyone notice the 10 different titles she had when I <laughs> did her introduction earlier? I was to say welcome because I think all three of us regularly get called nuts. So <laughs> yes. You're, yes, welcome. I feel like I'm in good company. It's fine. 
Yeah, I kind of act like I don't have that many, th- but I do. No, you totally do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just see other people in my life who have more going on because I just try to always hang out with people who like have their shit together 10 times more than I do so that I <laughs> can have something to strive toward, you know, all that high vibe, you know, stuff, lifting each other up. And so I have less projects than some people in my life. So I'm like, oh, yeah, it's fine. You guys are doing way too much. I'm over here doing just a little bit. You're yeah. just doing 40 things over here. If you're <laughs> doing like 60, it's fine. It's fine, you know. Good. It's comparison in a different way. <laughs> Justification. Clearly, I have my priorities in order. It's, that's good. <laughs> it's only four businesses. It's fine. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Sometimes five. Sometimes five. Yeah. 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 Anyways, so um, so you got into nutritional therapy, mm-hmm. went through the program. Like, how did you how did you launch your business? What was your strategy when you started things out? And and um, like, who did you have in your mind that you wanted to help then? And has it changed now? Yeah. So I I initially thought I wanted to work with kids. Wow. Um, okay. So that was kind of my my motivating factor was like thinking about kind of my childhood and the things that I'd experienced, and what if I'd had a different support or different tools going through because I remember my parents took me to doctor's appointments up you know they were they were super supportive but the things that were around them that were offered now what I know now were garbage mm-hmm. let's talk about the cabbage soup diet oh uh-huh oh you eat cabbage soup that's the whole diet <laughs> yeah you'll lose weight it's true yeah, yeah. and so, wreck your body in the process right, right. I know, lots of vitamin U that's a thing yeah it is a thing <laughs> um Jen's like what? what? Vitamin U is in ca- it's rich in cabbage. I, if it makes you feel better, I didn't know that until I was working with Lucia through my first pregnancy. Lucia, as in the essential omnivore. Oh, she was your practitioner. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, trades these a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, that's good. We like to trade with each other as NTPs and NTPs in training. Mm-hmm. We get to flex our skills and have the other person on the other end going, "Okay, yeah, I'll do it." No, that's probably a bad idea. Right. Don't tell me to do that. <laughs> okay. <I'll> try it. <laughs> Yeah, you kind of, when you are working together as students, you kind of just have to be like, meh, yeah, I'll try it. We'll see what happens. Yes, sure. Why not? (laughs) My body. Oh, Oh, yeah. Did you go through the NTP program and be like, oh, I have that. Yep, I have this too. Yep, I have that. It's like that, that, it's not diagnosis, but you go through the process and you look at all that. I always talk to my friends in medical school about that. And they're Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I came out with an infectious disease. Like, (laughs) they obviously don't have an infectious disease, but... Yeah. At the end of the NTP program, I was like, I'm broken. I'm a broken human. I have to fix everything now. I didn't take any supplements before starting the NTP program. So you can imagine by the end, it was like all the things all the time. And then we've weaned that down since then. Yes. Yeah. That is the goal. You just don't know. But yeah. Yeah. So uh, my question is to you is, is how did you bridge those two? Sorry, I keep having to steal the mic from Cassie. So I'm like, give me the mic. We're sharing. We're sharing. We're very we, close together we, right now. I know. I feel like I could like touch your nose with my nose. Perhaps awkward. <laughs> but I wanted to know how. So when you you were talking about feeling a certain way as a child mm-hmm. and wanting to work with kids, I think that's super noble and wonderful, especially because as a mother dealing with kids that have their own food issues and trying to keep them healthy and trying to figure them out. I if I could have had a practitioner working with me to work with them like I can't even tell you the kind of stress that would have taken off of my plate so I mean the fact that you're even viewing this like I want to work with kids like how did you get to where you are now with prenatal and postpartum is that part of that like where did you get from kids to there um yeah I mean it's been it's been a a process um so I guess I, I started out wanting, like, I went into the program being like, I'm going to work with kids. And that's actually where, like, the name of my business, Sprout Wellness, came from. Because it's like that little sprouts and growing. What? It applies to prenatal, too. It, it sure does. It yeah. Like, smart choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then I realized that you really can't, it, like, changes for just kids don't really mean changes for the whole. Like, you need to have the whole family support system on board. Yeah, so, for real. You need mom and dad or whoever buys groceries, whoever cooks in the house yeah. to at least have a modicum of understanding of what's happening because, I mean, how many meals a day do you go through? And, you know, meal planning is really extensive, really, you know, when mm-hmm. you're trying to achieve certain things. So it totally makes sense. I think that's great. Right. So it was starting to work with more like, OK, parents on creating healthier habits 
more sustainable life changes. It doesn't mean like throw everything out of your pantry and we're going to start from scratch unless that's the approach you need or can handle. But I think for a lot of families with kids, that's it's incremental changes. <laughs> well, especially well, especially if they've mm-hmm. like established their own tastes and preferences, because yeah. like telling a kid they all of a sudden can't have their applesauce packets or whatever it is, squeezy pouches, <laughs> gogurt, gogurt, um, and they're swapping it out for like um, Siggy's, which is like a little more tart, a little mm-hmm. less sugar. Like that's something that will literally slap them in the face and change their universe. Yeah. So you have to be really really gentle it's one of the reasons i didn't get into kids nutrition because i was like i'm not gonna be able to sidestep that stuff like it's too hard i'm gonna teach you and hope that you bring this message to your kids yeah early yeah exactly yeah i mean just going from like the family unit i think that's kind of my my public health background coming into play it's Mm -hmm. like working with a whole population in this case the whole population is four people five people but rather than like one client kind of thing um so it started there and then um, I became pregnant with my first kiddo. Yay! Yeah. It was Edie. really Edie. She was a, she was a good a pregnancy. She's a little, little nugget. <laughs> she is a little nugget. She's so cute. <laughs> I just can't. I, Love I, I, her. Clearly, I gush over her. Um, so, so now, I mean, having gone through, did you feel like you had to go through being pregnant and postpartum a little bit before helping people in that space? Um, absolutely. And this doesn't mean just like that. Eh, I don't want to disqualify practitioners no. that, aren't, that aren't parents themselves because I think they can bring a lot to the table and a lot to the conversation. 100% agree. I just had the, I, it was almost a limiting belief that I had. But having gone through like a few things in pregnancy, like the the protein aversion or mm. whatever it is, like it it could someone could have told me to eat protein blue in the face my first trimester and I would have been like, screw you. Right. <laughs> Not doing it. Right. So I think just having gone through that personally for me helped mm. to um, just gain more understanding on Absolutely. my side of it as a practitioner. But yeah, and I think you can you can get that from experience, which is definitely what I needed, or some really really solid knowledge. training and knowledge. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so yeah, I, I I think that my pregnancy experience, especially that first round through, was kind of is it really has informed my practice. And in terms of where I felt supported and where I um, where I needed more support, either from my care team or family or what whatever, or you know, society in general. <laughs> Yeah, so for me also, I wanted to know, how has this pregnancy, prenatal journey differed from the first time around since this is your second time being pregnant? Um, uh, so, I know, big question. I mean... Where do you start? Uh, winter versus summer? No. Um, oh, uh, mm-hmm. I can that. relate to that. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I'm going into this pregnancy, like understanding a little bit more about what I need to feel supported and where I can kind of advocate for myself. Um with my first pregnancy and this this is really what kind of like triggered me to definitely like okay we need some more support in this realm because um I I went through four different practitioners and I was in the Kaiser system and like I and overall I had a really good experience but it took me four practitioners to get to one that I felt comfortable with and trusted so it's the first thing I usually tell mamas is like if you don't like your practitioner fire them fire them like, and that's, that's okay. Like they don't get offended. They aren't going to be like, oh, I mean, it, it, and even if they and are, even, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's, that's not your concern. I think you want to like the other person at the end of your vagina. I, right. I completely agree. hundred percent. So I fired my first practitioner. Yeah. I had my first practitioner and, um, most of our appointments were centered around my weight. So I am 5'10". I'm not petite, but I'm really muscular, so my BMI is not anything that I hate BMI. But anyway, um, so it was always about okay, well, because you know you're you're overweight, we're gonna do this, and then I would get in trouble for not gaining enough weight between appointments. So that was like kind of our first red flag, and I was just tired of having this conversation over and over again. Um, and then the nutrition advice was was just god awful, horrid. God awful. And I mean, we're talking like be wary of full fat dairy and be sure to microwave your hot dogs. Oh my <laughs> God. I cannot. Like this was in the same breath. I mean oh gosh. And it eat just eat all the grains. Right. Eat all the all the, all the grains. Low fat, high grain, go for it. And I'm like, well, these things don't 
I don't feel good with I these don't things. I feel good with these things. So what what other things can like I'm trying to give you the benefit of the doubt here, right? Like we're all different. Sure. <laughs> I try. I really try. <laughs> I literally I'll never forget going into my first uh prenatal appointment and looking at the chart of like what you should eat while you're pregnant. And I took a screenshot of it, immediately posted it to Instagram, and I was like, just do the opposite of this, and you're going to be just fine. Right. (laughs) Seek out full-fat dairy. Seek out, you know, fermented foods. It's okay to have cold cuts if they're sourced well and stored well and all of that. Yeah. Like, I I ate raw fish. And soft cheese while I was pregnant, for sure. And we're not (laughs) advising you to do that. Again, this is not medical advice, but um, do you? You know, if it if it makes you feel good, if you're getting it from a high quality source, there's so much fear mongering within pregnancy, and it drives me absolutely nuts. They treat you like you're this super fragile being, and actually, pregnant women are super resilient. Absolutely, it's crazy. Yeah. So, so I feel like that, that kind of sums up that, that first pregnancy with that, those first couple practitioners. And then I landed on one who was super supportive, who was like, we're going to do this. We're going to do it together. And she didn't, again, didn't really know much about nutrition at all. She's like, well, if you, you know, if you're concerned about weight gain, uh, you just, you know, swap, swap out for low fat dairy instead. And I was like, okay, well you have many sterling qualities. This may not be your area and that's fine. But I really liked her, so it was okay. Um, so versus this pregnancy, I um, started out in, again, like more of a traditional system. I was at the legacy system and um, had a really nice practitioner, but she was really intervention happy really soon. So like I had some slightly elevated blood pressure and she wanted to put me on a regimen of baby aspirin. No. Without, well, so like, okay, that so these like, interventions exist for a reason, right? Yeah, absolutely. This is not, I'm not saying like you never take drugs or never offer an intervention like that's that's fine but without asking me what stressors were going on in my life of which there were many at this point <laughs> Liz in her 20 hats <laughs> um some like home stuff going on and so of course like my blood pressure is going to be elevated she never took the time to ask those questions mm. and so I ended up firing that whole system because I was like I don't have time to go through all this and now I'm in the care of some really wonderful midwives I have not been weighed since walking in that door Nope, doesn't matter. And it's it's so awesome. And like each appointment is 45 minutes. I have three practitioners that are talking to me. And that's just like my prenatal like midwife team. Not to mention like all of the other sources that I've kind of put together for myself outside of this. So you're in like a birthing clinic? Is that? Yeah, so I'm at um, Alma Midwifery. Yes. yes. And they are awesome. If you guys are in the Portland area, we will link to that for you. Because they're amazing. They're super supportive and just really will like make this what you need it to be Mm -hmm. and I just really appreciate that so they give me a fun tincture for my slightly elevated blood pressure and some nice stress management tips yay which you were like I know all of those but I'm already I'm not doing them I know (laughs) sometimes you just need to hear it from somebody else uh yeah yeah obliger Mm -hmm. are you an obliger too I think so she's not quite sure She's flip-flopping between questioner and obliger. So you might just be like split down the middle where you like tend right. to go one way depending on the situation. You think she's full on obliger. So I no, for real, then that will make your pregnancy totally different because I'm the same way. Like mm-hmm. if I have somebody like a practitioner being at least even slightly inquisitive of how I'm doing and giving me just even minor guidance, I do it. So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions about this. <laughs> so what makes you think you're an obliger just because you retook the test and you geared toward that or? Yeah, I, re- I retook it recently and I was like, oh, and I think I just answered it and I think I was in a better space to answer the questions. Yeah, I could see you answering questioner answers because that's what you want to be true. Right. Because you're naturally like kind of a challenger Mm -hmm. sort of a person. You're like, okay, I'm going to take what you're saying. I respect you and I see that. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to find it for me. Is that Enneagram? It might be her Enneagram. (laughs) Have you done Enneagram typing? No, I don't know what that is. Okay, so we're starting to geek out on this. This is totally a topic for 8 million more episodes (laughs) because I have so much to learn. And I would love to bring someone on who actually is, you know, mildly an expert in this. But um, it's this it's personality typing and it just has to do with like how you interact with other people, how you respond to um, situations, like what your main goals are. Like, it's amazing. I like read the description for Enneagram type eight and it literally is me to a 
like scare it was scary a little bit <laughs> it was scary the other scary part about knowing your enneagram type is that there's this whole list of what a healthy type looks like in that same area versus like the unhealthy version of that type and so you get to see like what you possibly you're capable of as like the worst version of yourself versus the best version of yourself it's really eye-opening and then there's a lot of information about how you interact with like your spouse's type and all mm. of that so we'll geek out about after we wrap up recording <laughs> can, I, can I ask you a quick question yeah go ahead have you heard of life colors yes okay yeah because it sounds like you're talking about like in power versus out of power it's similar, but right. I talk about that because my my Enneagram type eight is the challenger, oh, the person who seeks power, mm. which may be really uncomfortable, by the way. So anyways, you need to check out your Enneagram type because it was like massively helpful. And and so this I'm, I'm going to repeat a phrase that Rachel Hollis and Dave Hollis said on their podcast recently when they like interviewed an Enneagram expert. But they were basically like, listen, when we looked at the interaction between our two types, it was a diary of our relationship. Oh and I was gosh. like, oh, crap. OK, so we, I read the, the um, interactions between my husband as an Enneagram type one. Um, and I read the interactions between the two. And I was like, yep, yep, yep. And it was like, you might have conflict over. I'm like, uh-huh. Yep. Conflict over that for <laughs> sure. So it was really it's really helpful relationship work to do. So. That could be something fun for you guys to dive into while you're breastfeeding and chilling and all sorts of things you're going to be doing in a couple months. During that really calm, peaceful time of life. Mm -hmm. Well, I wouldn't say calm and peaceful. I would just say a lot of weird (laughs) downtime. Oh, right. Where you don't have enough headspace to actually do work. Oh, yes. I thought I was going to be able to get so much more work done after having a child. Oh, my gosh. My postpartum plan first time around is comical. Like, I'm going to get all of these things. I'm going to take these 12, or I think it took 14 weeks off my full-time job. And I was like, I'm going to get Sprout up and running. It's going to be all set and ready to go. (laughs) That's cute. I was the same. I actually, I had started my nutrition practice. You know, I had had a couple years in before Mm. that. And I had planned on actually helping it grow rather than just maintaining during pregnancy. And pregnancy knocked me on my butt. My first trimester, I was flat on a couch for the majority of the Mm -hmm. time. And like if I could like sit up and look at a screen without feeling nauseous, which a lot of my work was online at that point, like it was hard enough for me to maintain my client base, let alone like grow my business. And but I was like, oh, yeah, I'll work on my social media and I'll get my logo and all this stuff redone. And oh, my gosh, there's so many things I had on my list postpartum. Where I, like, I I laugh at myself now. I'm like, that's hilarious. And actually, the second one is kind of a rude awakening again. Mm -hmm. Like, the second one, you you think, I'm going to so enjoy those quiet moments in feeding. Yeah, that doesn't, it's feed on the fly, man. Feed when you can. (laughs) It's just so less peaceful. But at least, you know, you feel like you've got this, like, base understanding of how it's going to be. It and and then it changes again, but you know what I mean. So, right. so you, you guys, you guys are prepared. You guys sound like you know, like second pregnancy. It just it's the same thing, but with another child, where it just blows all your expectations out of the water, <laughs> right? You know. So, well, I I think pregnancy and postpartum were super hard without having a toddler. So that's the real, real because you got both now. Mm-hmm. So how are you feeling about going into this stage of life? Um. I mean, honestly, a little a little nervous about it. Um, I, I kind of forget until I'm at the very end of the day how much like physical work it is parenting a two year old and like a very active two year old. She she's busy. She's busy. She's running around and we have a blast, but it's exhausting. And I'm like wondering, I was like, man, why am I so tired at the end of the day? Why don't I have time for this workout? Why can't I do more computer work after seven o'clock? Like, you know, she's in bed. I'm going to do all this work. No, I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> like, I'm tired. Yeah, sleep when the toddler sleeps, not just sleep when the right. baby sleeps. Right. So I think, I mean, <clears throat> realizing that and then trying to, like, constantly having to go back and giving myself credit for that. Like, why am I so much more tired of this pregnancy? Oh, there's a two-year-old. I am running my own business instead of being employed by somebody else. Like, there's there's a lot of different factors going on here. Um, 
that make it a little more stressful. Not necessarily bad, just there's a lot more life happening. Yeah, you're definitely gonna have to take some things off your plate for sure. For sure. But you know what? Like if you've done anything, it's proof to yourself that you can literally do fucking anything. Like you can do anything because you have put together like multiple businesses Mm -hmm. that have like breadth and depth that you Mm -hmm. like it's I don't know how you do what you do. I don't know. I'm like constantly impressed by you and just like floored by it. So I want to talk about one of the things that we haven't talked about yet. Yeah. Tell me, tell us more about BirthFit. So like, I know. So like, first of all, every time you share information about BirthFit or like what you know or what you're coaching or what you're doing, I literally have moments every single time where I'm like, I needed this in that stage of life. I needed this so, so bad. So if you guys are pregnant, if you're postpartum or even within a couple of years, right? Postpartum, mm-hmm. like, Absolutely. like get with this program in your local area. If you're in the Portland area, Liz is the regional director for the Portland area um, and has her business up in the Northeast area. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. So what, what's birth? What is birth? Like, like is what, birth are, what do you, what does it stand? Like, what does it mean? What are the main parts of the yeah. business? Like, so BirthFit, like we describe ourselves as a movement, um, as anything else. And, and God, which, you know, we love, right. I know. I know. <laughs> I mission movement. Mission, we're like, yep. Movement. Okay. I'm in. And it's really like, we're here to support women through what we call the motherhood transition. So that's from preconception all the way through postpartum. And it's really like stemmed on this belief that postpartum is forever. And that we need this kind of, we need a support system to really get us through this. And so they've got four pillars behind BirthFit, um, fitness, nutrition, chiropractic or connection, um, and mindset. And so all of our classes, you know, we, we loop people in. I see like we, we draw people in with these like postpartum fitness classes, but you know, I'm going to talk to you about postpartum nutrition and mindset. And talk about the importance of being connected with your body and staying in good alignment. You know, we're going to loop it all. It's all going to be in there. I like how you talk about luring people in. This is like what I do when I teach cooking classes. I'm like, we're going to teach a cooking class on like how to make salad dressing. And then I'm going to talk to you about healthy fats and about how you need them. Right. <laughs> well, because some people need like some people need that hook. You know, they aren't going to come talk to you about, you know, like, oh, I didn't I didn't know I didn't I didn't know I needed to be eating these certain things or that breastfeeding is not actually a great weight loss tool or it's not fun fact um I, I honestly the moment I stopped breastfeeding after we weaned I lost like 10 pounds without doing anything because my body was like oh cool I can let this go now yep yeah. exactly I'm not trying to feed another human so mm-hmm. I don't have to hang on to this and the truth is the people who do lose weight while they're breastfeeding is freaking ectomorphs it's just one body oh, type right. Yeah. right they're naturally skinny anyway get out of here no offense if you're an ectomorph I love you still you can come back in it's cool <laughs> you can sit with us where our my thing was is I had all these preconceived notions of what postpartum was going to be life be like and truly my pregnancies were fine really they were great like I'm very lucky I didn't deal with nausea at all but I had other issues but postpartum annihilated me both times like I was in such a bad place with my body I know I went through postpartum depression but it was so subtle that I didn't think I I was dealing with it but like breastfeeding was so hard on my body because I didn't know how to support it and I thought like you're saying I would lose weight and then I would be able to bounce back and it truly took me two solid years to bounce back or feel like I even kind of sort of bounced back from pregnancy and it's because I just didn't have anybody to help like I would have absolutely done anything to be a part of a program like this had I known that there was other people that felt the same way as me even you know right so knowing that those resources are out there and that yeah that the conversation doesn't necessarily always have to be about getting your body back which is like a phrase that I absolutely hate it's like one of the first things we talk about because it changed it changed you're not like you're never gonna get it back you're not gonna get it back it might look similar again but your body has also gone through an incredible transformation. Like it has created a child and then birthed that child. However that baby came out, it was work. Right? There's no easy way to have a kid. No, there's not. It's amazing. And I was laughing because Jen said it took her two years to bounce back. And I was like, I don't think I have yet. I don't. Right. I haven't. Right. Like I just, I don't feel my best. Like that's just the real, real. So I'm, you know. That's, I think that's just the added entrepreneur layer or and or, you know, maybe high demand career for other mm-hmm. women who maybe don't own their own businesses. But it's uh, 
you know, my classic obligerness, putting all things business or whoever, anyone else's needs before right. my own health. So, Absolutely. and then it turns out when you're talking about health, you actually need to take care of yourself. <laughs> We're working on it. I mean, yeah. we're always working on it. <laughs> we're always working on it. And it doesn't, of course, doesn't devalue anything that we know when we have our own health struggles. But I think it just speaks to relatability in our field. So Absolutely. so tell us more. So birth fit, there's a fitness component. There's a nutrition component. There's mm-hmm. mindset and chiropractic. Is That's that right? Chiro- chiropractic slash connection. Um, okay. Yeah. What does so, connection mean? So connection is really talking about kind of that... Um, how do I describe it? So this is kind of a newer, newer piece of the birth fit pillars system. I so. kind of thought they might change from yeah. directly chiropractic, chiropractic right? to something like modality so, based. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So it's really just being, I think we're trying to open it up to other, other healing body work modalities, as you said. Yeah, um, chiropractic is not appropriate for everyone in every stage, or maybe they don't feel comfortable with it. So there's got to be another thing for them to have access to. So it's like connecting with that body on that, on that just other level and the importance of alignment. I think that's, that's usually the word that I use when I'm trying to talk to moms about like what we mean by chiropractic. It's really alignment. And it makes sense once you, if you're pregnant, like think about it, you, you need your hips and your pelvis to be in line for baby to have an easy exit. Which for real, like for somebody who came from the like the really conventional side, why is this not like accessible for every woman automatically? Like it makes a lot of sense. My body was so out of whack. I finally, mm-hmm. through being in the car accident and having a having a pit to be able to pull from, I finally have been seeing a chiropractor regularly because I can afford it now. And every time I see him, I just I keep being like, <laughs> I really should have done this so much sooner. I would because my body has been kind of having alignment issues since then. Right. So I think that's fantastic that that's part of the pillar is that alignment, healing, mm-hmm. you know, using the modalities that are for healing. So I think that's fantastic. Yeah. And it's just like about getting your your body. And then like after, again, you've gone through this really intense athletic event. Again, no matter how you have birthed this baby, it has had an impact on um, your body as a whole. So readjusting. I remember I didn't actually have my first postpartum chiropractic adjustment until because chiropractic was not really part of my care for my first pregnancy. Um, So I didn't have that first adjustment until 18 months postpartum. I remember watching your Instagram stories after this and I was like, dang Liz, that's too long. Well, I just did. I really didn't know. And I didn't know until I was like really immersed in the birth fit world about how like what potential this could be. So I went to um, a coach's seminar with birth fit to kind of learn how to, you know, better train my, my prenatal clients and they were watching my hips move through um, these functional progressions that we do. And I was like, I could do it on one side and I couldn't do it on the other. I was like, yeah, this hip is just, it's just a bum hip. Like it, it's ever since I had the baby. And, and they're like, no. They're like, go, go get adjusted. And I was like, oh. And because I had a bad experience with chiropractic care. So, Which definitely happens. Absolutely. But it's again, just like any other practitioner, there are great practitioners and there are crappy ones. So don't be afraid to fire them and don't judge an entire field of medicine based on one practitioner. Yeah, especially chiropractic too, because, and there are so many, there's so many modalities within chiropractic Mm -hmm. care too. Like some people do the snap, crackle, pop, and some people don't, you Mm -hmm. know, and, and both have their place. And I think it's like, you know, you just got to try it out and find, find what works for you. So absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. Made such a difference. I needed that care so badly. Yeah. Yeah. So do it. You guys get connected with your local birth fit chapter. Um, And and they can point you to uh, a good chiropractor yeah there's like, a lot of connectivity in your network mm-hmm. as far as like referrals and everything right so. and that's really like one of my main roles as a regional director is like my I'm here to connect you with practitioners that are in the same kind of mindset of what it means to be birth fit like really taking that holistic approach to that prenatal and postpartum time and so well and you guys aren't just like modifying workouts you're literally helping people get fit for birth and then to recover afterwards yeah that's one of the big things behind it is we like they say we don't modify for pregnancy like we we because you hear i mean you go to so many i mean especially in the crossfit world they're like oh yeah we modify for pregnancy and then i would just look at these coaches like it actually it made me stop doing crossfit while i was pregnant Mm -hmm. because i and it's not that you can't do crossfit while you're pregnant you totally can but like whatever version you whoever you're working with needs to know what they're talking about because there were times where they were like oh yeah you can get on the ghd and i'm like no no i can't what's that i'm not doing that glute ham developer 
you can have seen my face (laughs) yeah no her face was like they did not tell you that oh my god well but i knew i knew i was like that's not a healthy thing for me and i was not super far along but it doesn't matter i'm like that's not an appropriate thing and then i got told i could do that directly postpartum too Mm -hmm. and i was like no like just no i will literally have a completely distended and swollen core which Mm -hmm. happened to me a couple of times trying to go back to crossfit it was like i was pregnant again Mm -hmm. it was crazy my entire abdomen was like it was like rhabdo basically (laughs) uh yeah so anyways um yeah it was the fitness part of it is really was really difficult for me and it's still hard for me to like get my fitness back mm-hmm. and so many times when you're posting about postpartum classes I'll like message you and be like can I just do this now two and a half years later and you're like yeah come yes, one come you can. all you really can yeah my last class I had a woman that started off and she was seven weeks postpartum and another woman in the class was two and a half years yeah and so it's, I mean, really like postpartum is forever. So if you are experiencing any kind of like pelvic floor dysfunction, which means incontinence, yeah, stress induced incontinence. So like peeing when you sneeze or jump or run any of that. I mean, it happens, right? But it doesn't have to be the norm for you. Right. Everybody thinks that's the norm though. <clears throat> yeah. And it's not, it's not, it's totally not. It's a sign of dysfunction. <sighs> um, or if, you know, like that's, that's the biggest one that kind of loops people in like, oh my God, I don't have to pee my pants. Yay! Or if you have like a lot of hip issues, or you're having issues with you know just building that strength back up, like this is like these are classes or support systems for you. Mm. That's therefore. I think I've just determined through this entire interview that I just need to pay you and work with you (laughs) for real. Come on down. Stop living so far away from me. (laughs) I live in the country and lives basically lives right in the city. So Mm -hmm. this is this is where we're at in life. But there have been many times where I was like. When I have my next kid, I'll, I'll drive to Northeast Portland. I'll do that. But I do hope that there are more more people in birth fit, you know, yeah. by then. I think we're, we're growing. Spreading the word. Mm-hmm. We went from, I think, something like 40 regional directors last year to 90 this year. So that's amazing. It's moving. Like we've got three people in Oregon now. So there's somebody in Sherwood, um, in Bend, and then I'm in Portland. So hopefully there will be more. Yeah. Tell me, do you cover even just like Southwest Washington? I cover anybody that comes to my classes. Hey, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, tell me about your classes that you have come. You got stuff coming up, right? Yeah. So um, most of the classes that you'll kind of see me teach um, are going to be postpartum related. Um, so we've got two postpartum classes coming up in September. And these are the last two sessions that I'm going to be teaching before I go on my own maternity leave. And when are you due? I am due early November. <clears throat> it's such a nice time to have a baby. Oh, good. <laughs> I, I mean, my son was born like December 21st, so oh, it was like okay. solidly Christmas. Yeah. But um, just when the weather gets cooler yeah. and it's kind of naturally a time of down regulation that everybody kind of experiences. So right. when, as you slow down, the world kind of slows down with you just a little bit and it feels really good. Yeah. I'm excited. So, for anyways, that. that's so exciting. Yeah. Baby. So, um, Postpartum classes coming up. We've got a breath and flow class. So that's really for moms like as early as four weeks postpartum, which is early, right? Remember this? I remember not being able to get out of bed at four weeks postpartum. Right. I had really bad. I had a super bad case of mastitis. Oh, yeah. Um, while breastfeeding. And it honestly, the pain with that was way harder than childbirth. I believe way hard. It was a awful awful so anyways that's a story for another day (laughs) (laughs) but I can't imagine doing much at four weeks right so what we're really doing in that breath and flow class is literally connecting with your breath like that's that's the first class it's learning how to connect with your breath again so most of our um exercise principles are based on dynamic neuromuscular stabilization love it Mm -hmm. dns for short um, and so we're looking at how babies develop and applying it to postpartum recovery. So looking at that central nervous system development um, as so if you watch your kiddo at home, they start moving hands and feet first. They're in that um, <clears throat> laying on their back position, moving back and forth. Um, and then they start to roll side to side. You know, they're learning how to they have really good diaphragm function. They are breathing really well. And so we're picking up all of these movements. And so we call them functional progressions. And so we move from basically, essentially, it's like a dead bug. If you've seen that. 
I do dead bugs with my little guy. Oh, I love that. And he absolutely loves it. And he will just be like, dead bugs, mommy? Dead bugs? <laughs> and then he'll ask me what kind of bug. Oh, what kind of bug? What, sometimes they're beetles. Sometimes we're ladybugs. Oh, There's nice. all sorts of kinds of all dead bugs of dead that we bugs. do. <laughs> but this is what happens when you have a husband who's a biologist who loves entomology. Ooh, okay. So, yeah, there you go. Real geeky. Right. I feel like you guys should come in for my postpartum class. Be like, today we're going to be this kind of bug. Yeah, it's so fun. Yeah. So we, we basically move through these functional progressions that take us from lying on our back, breathing, deep belly, breathing, expansive. We call about breathing 360. So breathing into your back, breathing into your ribcage, breathing into your front, um, all the way up to crawling and standing. So one of the best core exercises that you can do postpartum to help heal diastasis is crawling. Like, crawl this is blowing my mind kid. right now, and I feel like it makes so much sense. Well, and here's why it makes sense is that babies are born with that abdominal separation. Yeah. And it takes that. <laughs> they are. You know what? I can see it in my kid. Mm-hmm. I they saw are. it. I was like, you have that line. Right. Did I do something wrong or you made okay? <laughs> <laughs> Too many crunches. No. Oh, shoot. <laughs> if only you'd done more GHG sit ups. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just kidding. Can't talk about that. Um, so and it takes them again for perspective. It takes them about eight months to heal that gap and have everything merge together. So this like comical six weeks, get your body back, go back to work. You should feel fine. Check off from the doctor is total bullshit. How crazy is it that everywhere else in the world you get a year off? Weird. You right. get a year off. I want a year off. No, you need a year off. Right. I was literally like a walking. You can't like hot mess doesn't even describe it. Like I was just a straight hot mess. My health, my like how I felt, my emotions, like trying to figure out how to be a first time parent. There's so many things. And boy, like I thought I was going to bounce back within a year, at least like kind of having my stuff together and feeling like I was kind of back to being me. But that might have been like maybe just like six months ago. Yeah. Where oh that my gosh, start, absolutely. That started yeah. to happen. Yeah. And even then, it's not a body back situation. <laughs> I was say my youngest is five, and I still my body's still not where I want it to be. But it probably took until she was three years old to feel like I was mentally there mm-hmm. where I was before. Well, you also went through a lot. Yep, with your true. kids, and you were going with a going through a ton with Paxton at that point. Yeah, when Lucy was add a, a little life stress to that, and then you know, takes a little longer. <laughs> So it would have been nice to have some support, like for sure. Yeah. So, um, okay, cool. I, first of all, like so excited to like learn more about BirthFit. I was so excited to like hear what they stand for and their mission because I just feel like it dovetails so well with the NTA and just everything that we talk about here on the podcast with like just really caring for yourself and realizing it kind of takes a village to be a human like Mm -hmm. let alone to raise another human right and you need your village of practitioners within your your prenatal and postpartum journey and I think so many times as mothers we put ourselves aside um but our health directly affects the health of our children um both with mindset and um you know just general physical health all those things so I love to hear that like everything that you're doing just brings it all together oh it really does I love it so much so much badassery (laughs) so our last question for you today is the question we ask all of our guests all two of you that we've had so far (laughs) I say that like we're so official Mm -hmm. but we're just only a little bit official you're super official I love you (laughs) um what's your biggest rebel moment oh man um I think I mean aside from like half of college um (laughs) I mean, let's be honest. Jen um, and I are cracking up in the background. <laughs> I can resonate with that. It's fine. But mine was grad school oh. and not undergrad. Oh. Yeah. I was, a, I was should have known better because I was a little <laughs> older, but I was very repressed in the undergrad period of oh, life. Okay, there so. you go. Right. Um, I think deciding to quit my job. Like I had a pretty I had what on paper was a really cool job. Um, I was running a rec center. And I'd been at like this, my employer for six years and I had benefits and I was making a decent salary and I just wasn't 
happy in that position. And so it was literally like a text message. This is how fast it happened. It was a text message to my husband that was like, can I go give my notice? He's like, well, yeah, when? I was like, today. He's like, yep. Yeah, okay. Bad enough. We're done. And that's, I did. I like, I walked into my office or the office of um, my supervisor at that point and um, told him and like, and I, I'd had things lined up. Like I, I was, I wasn't just like being like, okay, bye. I'm smart. I'm much more of a planner as Cassie has reminded me. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, I think that's, it's for, for other people in my life who value like benefits and career and all of that. Like, mostly like that's how I was, I was raised by teachers. Like, you, you know that stability is important to be like okay bye I'm out was um was kind of my big move so and I wouldn't change it I mean it's been really hard so if you would ask me at a really hard point I'd be like why did I do this but (laughs) see I think still like we often ask ourselves like why did I do this but then we tend to have an answer in the back of our head for Mm -hmm. that and then we go okay all right okay and this is why it's important to know your why for whatever you do absolutely. and whatever you're about. Yeah, absolutely. So love it. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. We're so excited. Okay. Tell us how we can find you, where where to find you and kind of what you're up to for the next couple of months before baby comes. Yeah. And if anybody wants to do a birth fit class with you, when do those start and how can they get involved? Love it. Um, yeah. So they can find me. I'm most active on Instagram. So at Sprout Wellness. Um, if you want to follow birth fit directly, it's at birth fit underscore N.E. Portland. I'm you're going to link that in the show notes. I just know we it. are. Yeah. So good. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, I mean, if you follow out Sprout Wellness, you, I link to that all the time. So. Um, and then, yeah, if you want to come hang out with me in Northeast Portland, I've got some postpartum classes starting in early September. One starts the 4th, one starts the 10th, and they run for the month. And then I've got a weekend intensive prenatal class, which is going to be really awesome. That's at the end of September. It's the 28th and 29th. Cool. Yeah. So that's like childbirth education and then a lot of postpartum planning. So we take a lot of the fear out of those, that early time, which I'm really excited about. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yep. Another confirmation that I needed, <laughs> I needed this in my life. Oh, my gosh. I looked at this class and I was like, I, where was this when I was pregnant the first time? Right. Because your prenatal classes you take through the hospital, are they leave something to be desired. Well, they, they get you through li- labor and delivery. And then, okay, but what next? <laughs> yeah. So, so true. Cool. got to answer that question. Well, we'll link all the goodness in the show notes. Yay. And yes, please go follow Liz on Instagram because... Edie, of course. Edie. Um, also, another cute little human coming soon. Yay! Yay. And uh, and just, you know, I love learning from you on Instagram. I learn a ton from you. And, like, love how real you are. Jen and I are all about the real real. Mm-hmm. And you just, you put, you don't just put your best foot forward on your social media channels. Like, you really do maintain that realness and allow other people to find connection with you. And I think that's so valuable. So... We love you, Liz. Thanks for being here. Yay! Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Rebel Heart Radio. You can visit our website to submit a question at www.rebelheartradio.com. Or you can hop on our Instagram. You can ask us anything. We love to get to know you guys. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a review on iTunes. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode. I get I cuss a lot. I cuss a lot when I'm around Liz because she cusses too. That's true. It's our happy place. It's I, happy place. I did Jesus, double check that you're that you have some explicit rated cuss. So some explicit rated episodes. So. Do we? Yeah. I do to. you do that? I had to because. But it, I didn't thing. see. I don't know how any of this shit works. Actually, I just we're, show up. We're explicit because we say badass in our intro. Beautiful. So I that makes surprised. me so happy because I can just be always explicit. <laughs> right. So I'm sure good. your mom is like. <clears throat> Liz, what supplement are you going to talk about? I was going to talk about that grass-fed organ complex. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Say what? Is Gra- that? Yeah. Yeah, it's good. On, Which? Paleo Valley. Yeah. That's the one I like. That's good stuff. Mm. Whoa. Okay. That's a lot. Also, side profile. Rude. Get what? out of here. <laughs> side profile? Yeah, anyways. So you can edit That's that out. Beautiful. I love you. I know. <laughs>
<laughs> That's how she knows. Um, so, what was I saying? I lost it. Oh, supplement. Okay. Okay, I need show notes. Oh well, no here. Are you gonna Are you gonna want to keep pay attention to that though? But this is what I do. You just don't see me on the other side. No, I don't. You're fancy. I know. Now I'm gonna know even more about what Jen does and be even more indebted to her. Because I was like, what What are all the things that Liz? What are all the things? <laughs> All the things. For real, though. Yep, and you just come over in my business. It's all right. We did a live video where I did makeup. Can't say business because then I just think business. Do I? That's like a thing that other people think too. Yeah. Look at that. Freedom. Freedom. Are we recording right now? Go. We're going. <laughs> I have to give you some bloopers. Yes. Tell us. What are you doing? You can stop it. I thought you were going to stop it. Okay.